the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Yeah, y'all know I'm a bad girl. Welcome to tonight's Andrea K. Show on this Friday Eve. Thank Jesus. Yes, thank you, Jesus, indeed, on this National Day of Prayer. Glad to have you guys join us on this special day for America. We're going to talk about that here on tonight's Andrea K. Show. And what a day. Do, do, do we Have we ever in this country needed prayer? more than we do right now. It is getting increasingly more dangerous for the Supreme Court justices, and we're going to tell you why they're in hiding right now, and you might be shocked to hear that reason why. Later on, we've actually got a, a, an interesting guest I'm super excited to talk about. Dr. Carol Lieberman will be here. She's an acclaimed psychiatrist, and things have gotten, talk about prayer, and the need for prayer is the people involved in this Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial that has taken the nation, um, captivated and captured the nation, and things took a turn after Amber Heard took the stand uh, beginning yesterday, and it quickly shifted from the trending of justice for Johnny to justice for Amber. And so I'm glad to have her on tonight so she can tell you who really deserves justice based upon her expert opinion. Those topics and more would love to hear from you. 888-344-1170. Excuse me. Before I go any further, I got to bring in my brother, my brother in Christ, by the way, it's DJ Potato Skins. It will include and across the board. DJ Potato Skins. Glad to be with you in many ways, sister. And it is uh, also very disappointing that we bring San Diego news that's going to really let people down later uh, on in the show. Oh, yeah. This was a shocker for Skins and I. We actually had later on in the show, we had a different topic picked. But we got to go with this one. And yeah, this might flip your wig. Uh, or your mask, depending on uh, th- th- what that that may be. Okay, so I want to give a shout out and a thank you to San Diego Downtown Fellowship of Churches and Ministries for asking me to host for the third year in a row, the National Day of Prayer. And it's always an honor to be asked to participate in this. It means a lot to me, not just because um, I'm always like, I, I always enjoy being invited somewhere to speak, um, but because this day is particularly special to me because it's a time to, you know, anytime we can fellowship together and pray is really important. This National day of prayer could not be more needed in this nation. And I want to thank everybody. Thank you, Ben Montoya, for inviting me to do it. Thank you to all the guest speakers today. I'm going to post the link to where if you missed it, you can watch it and and join with us in prayer for our city, for community leaders, um, for our nation, all of our citizens, and even the world. As you said, it is needed now more than ever. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's actually something that it's, it's speaking of, of – shocking they for the first time that i can remember 
Although last year, um, I don't... This is the first time I can remember, because honestly, I don't remember last year. So this is the first time that I can remember that we did not have a sitting president of the United States hosting a National Day of Prayer event at the White House. Now, last year, I think because there were still lockdowns and COVID and stuff going on, maybe we could have given him a pass. But it did not happen today. Uh, Joe Biden issued a statement. But in, in case you weren't familiar with the history of the National Day of Prayer, I want to I, it's it's is a part of our nation's history. And I want to make sure you know that that for for Joe Biden to put no focus on it today, particularly given the division going on in our country, the hatred going on that's being fostered among the citizens. This was an opportunity for us to unify together around our Judeo-Christian principles and values on which this country was founded. And he all but ignored it. He all but ignored it. In fact, his statement I'll read in a moment was really despicable. The National Day of Prayer actually began on April 17, 1952. So it's not been since our inception, but it has been a part of our history since long before Roe v. Wade. Uh, in ni- on April 17, 1952, President Harry Truman signed a bill proclaiming the National Day of Prayer into law in the United States. It was President Reagan who amended the law in 88, designating the first Thursday of May each year as the National Day of Prayer. And we know that uh, Ronald Reagan on National Day of Prayer, as well as many other days throughout his presidency, believed in the power of prayer and joined together with different different spiritual leaders and religious leaders in the White House. So did George W. Bush. So did many other presidents. And one of the things I mentioned today that we need to be reminded of right now as we see the evil, the war for America's soul taking place in front of our very eyes, we need to remember that our rights come, our founders believed, and what this country was founded on was that our rights come from God, not from man. And while they're trying to tell you that Roe v. Wade is about freedom, it's actually quite the opposite as they seek to centralize power to the Supreme Court over the will of the people. That's, that's, that is citizens, that is dictators deciding what our rights are instead of God deciding what our rights are. And as soon as we allow our rights to be decided from man, then we then we don't have God in our culture. And that's so much what Roe v. Wade was about. Um, our culture was founded on Judeo, Judeo-Christian beliefs and, and values, right? So they've got to destroy those values in order to usher in the America that they that they want. Um, this this is uh, Obama at least did a little bit of a pretense in terms of as a president that that he was, you know, he had he had attended Reverend Wright's church. He did a good job on the campaign trail of, you know, pro, uh, at least pretending to be. I, I, I cannot judge anybody's hearts and minds in terms of what their beliefs is. Uh, but he many times was on video referring to himself as a Muslim. So when he said he was a Christian, uh, I don't know. He he. he he made a show of himself as being a Christian. At least he tried to do that. Joe Biden tries to pretend that he's a Catholic, you know, while he is while he is abdicating for and advocating for the destruction of human life and something that goes against Catholic Catholic beliefs and really the beliefs of anybody that's opened the Bible. Here was his statement today. On this day, we recognize the healing power of prayer, especially as we recover from the trauma and loss of the COVID-19 pandemic, as though there's no other loss that we need to pray about in this country. Nobody else has suffered in any other way except the COVID. Ridiculous. Today, we find ourselves in a moment of renewal. Renewal? Do you feel like this country is in a state of renewal, Skins? No, not at the moment. 
wait till y'all hear why we've got Supreme Court justices in hiding. That's hardly my idea of Maybe a renewal. He's talking about energy. I don't know what he was talking about. Uh, later on, we're going to be talking about uh, the latest economic news that um, don't don't look at. I'll give you a hint. Don't look if if you're. Um, quarterly statement for any of your investments are coming in about a week or so, you might not want to open up the envelope and take a looky. But I go on. Today is a moment of reflection when we are called to address some of the greatest challenges humanity had ever faced. Yeah, like being born in this in the United States of America. That little thing called uh, the um, the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is kind of hard to pursue happiness if you don't have the right to life. He goes on to say, saving our planet from the existential threat of climate change, responding to attacks on democracy at home and abroad, and living up to our nation's promise promise of liberty, justice, and equality for all. How do you give liberty and justice and equality for all when 65 million human beings, Americans, were denied even the right to life? That's not equality. That's not, no. That's not what our nation was founded on. There was nothing in the Constitution that granted the right to take the life of another human being simply because of geography. There's a Barbie doll out right now, pregnant Barbie, and you can take the you can take the the belly off the Barbie and see the baby in there. It ain't her. You know, you know, even a seven year old can look inside a Barbie and know it ain't her body, her choice. It's another human being. He goes on to state, as the late President Dwight D. Eisenhower once said, there is a need we all have in these days and times for some help which comes from outside ourselves. Right. And the fundamental question that's before us as a nation is, do you want what they're peddling is the help from outside where the government controls every aspect of your life? We've seen that in the last two years, right? Where the help that they're trying to give us comes in the form of telling us whether we're allowed to work, telling us whether or not our kids are allowed to go to school, telling us whether or not We've got the right to be injected with a substance we don't want for our body or whether or not we want, based upon the idea that our nation was founded upon, that our rights come from God, not man. And we have the right ourselves to look to the Lord as our provider, to look to the Lord as the one who not only provides for us, but from whom all of our blessings flow. And that as as Americans, that the government does nothing for us except red light, green light, and protect our borders. That was the only help that the United States of American government was supposed to provide its citizens. Not entitlement programs, not you getting paid to sit at home, not the government deciding what you should uh, put over your face to prevent you from getting a virus or prevent you from giving a virus, and nothing else that they're trying to impose upon the American people. And they're denying the right to life Or at least trying to, and they're not even, even besides that, if Roe v. Wade is overturned, it's just going to go back to the states. And then the American people have the right to decide for themselves at the local level whether or not they want to continue on a path of evil, which we're on as a nation in some of these states, where like in California, hey, taxpayers are going to pay to fly people in, right? And including their kids and put them up in hotels. And hey, why don't we pay for them to trip to Disneyland uh, where they would, will coming soon have the right to take the life of, of a human being up to 28 days after birth, right? As an, as, an, as an American, you have the right to live in a state and vote that in, right? I consider it evil. They know that the only renewal, he talks about renewal, the real renewal in this country is towards life skins. And they know that. They know that we have technology on our side. 
Science is on our side on top of the fact that there is a spiritual renewal that is happening in the United States and of America. And it scares them. And it scares them to death. If they believed that they had the moral high ground, if they believed that they had the American people on their side, they would say, fine, send it back to the states. We'll win this at the state level, but they're not. In fact, they're so scared of the power being returned to the people, that equity, that justice, that liberty be returned to the people at the state level, that the lives of Supreme Supreme Court justices are at stake tonight. And we're going to tell you how when we come back. 888-344-1170. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer, San Diego. News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to the Andrea K Show. 888-344-1170. Before the break, we were talking about the National Day of Prayer and how it was ignored by the Biden administration and pretty much ignored uh, our uh, Judeo-Christian principles, beliefs, and uh, the foundation that our rights come from God, not man, are pretty much ignored every day. Um, well, they know that that's supposed to be our right, and they work hard every day to replace God with state and their country, and they were very successful at doing it with COVID. What I, for, what I, what I forgot to mention, too, in terms of the evil that is Roe v. Wade, and we're going to continue to talk about uh, the reaction uh, by the left and why the Supreme Court justices are fearing for their lives tonight. Um, before I get into that, I think it's a good time to remind the American people that Planned Parenthood was started by a racist named Margaret Sanger, who specifically planned to, um, if she could have erased black Americans from this country, she would have. Her plan and the idea behind it was to at least stop the procreation of African Americans in this country to the extent that she could. And that's particularly, dis- absolutely evil. But I want you to hear before I share with you why the Supreme Court justices are in fear for their lives, let me play you a little clip from Joe Scarborough, because, and this has to do with last night. Oh, uh, as we were going into the National Day of Prayer, Joe Biden, uh, the uh, the president who was installed in the White House, attacked 75 million voters as as a bunch of crazy extremists. What a nice thing to say to to denigrate and defame 75 million voters. You think about that as um, we uh, share with you in a moment about why the Supreme Court justices are fearing for their life. Um, but I want you to hear from Joe Scarborough, Scarborough here before I share with you that story. That's, but we need to look at the type of candidates that, that Jen Psaki, the White House, are talking about. We need to look at what's what's before us and how extreme these Washington politicians, these MAGA Washington freaks are. These MAGA Washington freaks. Can you imagine if Donald Trump, did he ever refer to 50 million, 60 million Democrat voters as a bunch of freaks? He didn't even refer to Black Lives Matter and Antifa terrorist. In those kinds of terms, this is worse than Hillary Clinton and her deplorables. You think about that language. Let me tell you what a freak is. A freak is some group of people that are so angry, so full of hate, so full of communist ideology. And, and, uh, and it was the communist ideology of we get our way or there's hell to pay that has left a trail of 100 to 200 million dead people since communism hit the scene, right? Um, there is a group of people. That call themselves 
Ruthers, I think it is. There's some left-wing group, they, an activist group. They call themselves Ruth Sentus. So apparently in the name of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, they published the addresses or supposed addresses of Justice Samuel Alito, Clarence Thomas, Neil Gorsuch, Brett uh, Kavanaugh, Amy Coney Barrett, and Chief Justice John Roberts, and are planning a, quote, walk-by of their homes next Wednesday, May 11. Uh, I'm not aware of uh, the how many children that Neil Gorsuch, I don't even know if he's married, but we know Brett Kavanaugh has a wife and young daughters. We know Amy Coney Barrett has like, what, five or six kids? But even if they're not, uh, you know, parents of young children, they have spouses. But even if they don't, they have the right to do their jobs and to live their lives in peace, not under threat by a bunch of insane. These are the freaks. These are terrorists that are literally intending to go and terrorize these people. You think about the fact that they're being doxxed, that this is today's Democrat Party. Omega are the extremist skins? No, the extremists are those that would terrorize Supreme Court justices in order to try to intimidate them and bully them into getting their way. Look at what the Democrats do, and we, we say it often. They always point the finger at those, of, and they're really exactly what they're pointing the finger at. Of course, it's projection. This is evil. This is terrorism. They erected a huge fence, which was put up outside the Supreme Court, much like was what was erected around the Capitol um, But a- after January 6th. But do they have armed security around their homes to protect them from their homes? They've had to cancel events. And, of course, one of the things that we liked, we liked Ed Martin's idea, which was that the Supreme Court needed to push this decision out quickly. They can't do their jobs now. So, see, they're winning. They're winning in their terrorism campaign because they're not sitting there in the courthouse and doing their jobs, are they? No, and now, even if they, let's say, come out tomorrow and make this decision, the addresses are still published. And now what's going to happen to them? Right. This is unacceptable. Jen Psaki was asked about it. Um, asked about uh, whether or not the Biden administration was okay, that their addresses had been had been given out. Uh, clip four. These activists posted a map with the home addresses of the Supreme Court justices. Is that the kind of thing this president wants to help your side make their point? Look, I think the president's view is that there's a lot of passion, a lot of fear, uh, a lot of uh, sadness from many, many people across this country about what they saw in that leaked document. Uh, we obviously want people's privacy to be respected. We want people to protest peacefully if they want to to protest. That is certainly what the president's view would be. So he doesn't care if they're protesting outside the Supreme Court or outside someone's private residence. I, I don't have an official U.S. government position on where people protest. I want it. We, we want it, of course, to be peaceful. Well, actually, you do have a government position on that. Anybody that there was a dragnet going to scoop up every granny from Iowa and people were literally scooped up and arrested and interviewed who never even went into the Capitol on January 6th simply because they had a MAGA hat on. So, yeah, they do have a position on peaceful protest. You're not allowed to do it if the opinion is different from what the ministry, the now the Ministry of Truth and what the communists and the Democrat Party and the Biden administration think is an acceptable opinion. There, what you heard today right now is that the Biden administration is absolutely OK with the homes of Supreme Court justices. To be violated. This is insurrection. Under the definition for what we heard about January 6th, these people should be rounded up, right? 
these these uh, in the name of Ruth people should have already been arrested. And quite frankly, doxing is a crime. As far as what I understand, this is clearly an, an incitement of violence. And for those who say, well, it's not really an incitement of violence, I bring to you the tweets from a um, blue check, some alleged journalist, Simon Gwynn. And he tweeted this out. Interesting. real, And this was before even the, the doxing that was done. And now they've been doxed. Right. So nobody can say that this came out after the it, they when Jen, Jen Psaki was asked the question about doxing. This tweet had already been out there. So the threat to the Supreme Court justices was known. Interesting real life trolley problem in America now. If you had the chance to kill Clarence Thomas and Samuel Alito, the two oldest right wing Supreme Court judges, should you do it with, with uh, while Biden can get his nominees to replace them confirmed? He goes on to say, it's interesting as an abstract question, but becomes a real conundrum if, say, you're terminally ill and have little to lose yourself, but know that it could save many lives, many women's lives in the future. Again, all I'm going to say, you kick off President Trump for standing up and being patriotic and fools like this are allowed to stay on Twitter. This is flat out incitement for somebody to go and pop off and kill to Supreme Court justices. And let me remind you that years ago, there were judges in, I believe, in the state of Alabama um, in which bombings took place. I mean, we might have to we might have to Google this story. I kind of vaguely remember because I actually have a family member that was with the ATF and actually worked on the investigation. But there were judges in Alabama who um, had bombs left in their mailboxes. And I think one or two of them died from it. So there is a precedent in this country where judges have been attacked, physically attacked and had their homes attacked in order to get for, for because maybe that I don't remember the story. Um, I think it was, uh, you know, people that finally got out of jail and they didn't like the judgment that was rendered against them. In this case, they don't like the pot- the potential of a judgment that doesn't go in their favor. So I know they'll just terrorize these judges, these justices. This is shocking that in the United States of America, that people are allowed. Donald Trump can't have a Twitter account. 2,000 mules was suspended from Twitter. But you can make a death threat. You can make a death threat. And and obviously, he took down the tweets and said, oh, I was just being philosophical. Um, No, no, you were literally, you weren't just being philosophical. It was incitement. You you were trying to be clever, but you're actually hoping that somebody who's got a month to live is going to go and do like what happened to the Republican Party on a baseball field and uh, start, you know, picking off justices. And if I was a Supreme Court justice, they may not they may not even know about this story. But I, if I was a Supreme Court justice right now, I'd be screaming like a pig caught under a gate about the Democrat Party and what they're doing. I know that they try to stay apolitical, at least try to present the, the appearance of but that. There has to be a line. There has to be a line because their lives are literally in danger at this point. Um. Okay, shifting gears, speaking of lives, and I mean, it may seem, how do I do a segue from the lives of the Supreme Court justice being jeopardized to the Amber Heard-Johnny Depp case? Um, but it's absolutely fascinating. It is probably the top next to the SCOTUS potential decision. I think it's the other, you know, equally trending story right now in the nation. The nation is absolutely gripped by this story. And I was excited to be able to bring on Carol Lieberman, who is actually a really well-known, renowned, 
renowned expert psychiatrist in the field. And I'm and after Amber Heard, before Amber Heard turned this took the stand, it was all hashtag justice for Johnny. Now it's all hashtag justice for Amber. Where is Carol Lieberman going to come down on the side of that fence? We'll stay tuned to find out. This is the Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Andrea K, the donut queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to the Andrea K Show. 888-344-1170. Are you team... Johnny Depp, or are you team Amber Heard? I know where my man stands in there behind the booth. You didn't even, have you even seen her testimony? Have you, have you even seen it the last two days? No, it's something I'm actually very interested in seeing. I've only caught highlights, so it'll be, it'll be interesting. It, well, it has been fascinating, and there was a shift since uh, she took the stand. New York Post actually had an op-ed out today that talked about how um, full-on hashtag Team Amber Heard um, and actually, I think it's kind of neck and neck on Twitter right now since she took the stand, either justice for Johnny or justice for Amber Heard. Um, so I'm super excited to have Dr. Carol Lieberman, Lieberman with me to see if uh, she is still in support of Johnny Depp as part of the Him Too movement or if she, her head has been turned by the testimony of Amber Heard. She is a, a world-renowned uh, psychiatrist. She is the host of Dr. Carol's Couch on VoiceAmericaNot.com. And the Terrorist Therapist at Podcast. I love the title of that. She's a forensic psychiatrist, expert witness, best-selling award-winning author of four books, two on terrorism and two on relationships. And relationships are often involving terrorism, which could be the case with Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. And she joins me now. Hi, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Welcome to the Andrea Kay Show. Hi. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I am still Team Depp. Um, I watched today and yesterday I watched her on the stand. I mean, I've been watching the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was really, I mean, it's like an accident, you know, you can't turn away. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's addicting, but, um, really in two words, um, her testimony was bad acting. Yes, I I agree. Convinced. Oh, good. I mean, did you notice the, the starters was, I mean, the first way to know it, um, when she started off on the stand, she started talking about her childhood and her and horses and, and uh, her starting and acting and so on. And she had this nice conversational tone. As soon as she switched to talking about Johnny, um, she put, put it on thick. You know, mm. did you notice her, her, um, the bottom half of her, one of the, there's a lot of, um, body language that shows that she's lying in addition to what she's saying. But like one example is how the bottom of her face, you know, especially when she goes, I was heartbroken or it was heartbreaking. All of those things. She just, you know, contorted her bottom, the bottom part of her face. And yet the top part of her face, her eyes, her forehead were like totally um, without movement. Now, it is possible that she has Botox and that's why her forehead forehead (laughs) isn't crinkling or making any other movements. But if not, um, that is one of the signs of, of lying. 
Yeah, look, Nicole Kidman, we all know that she's been Botoxed to death, and Sister Friend can still do a great acting job in movies, okay? So, look, I haven't seen acting this bad since Dennis Quaid's Cajun accent in The Big Easy, okay? I'm from <laughs> New Orleans. This is some bad acting, or in the case of a woman, this is this is on level of Mariah Carey and glitter. This is really bad. <laughs> and one of the things that stuck out at me, and I'm not a body language expert, although in my corporate sales career, we did study um, how to, you know, the psychology of selling and um, body language a little bit. We did study that. I also have um, uh, had a situation for many years with uh, a, a narcissist nar- with narcissistic personality disorder. Mm-hmm. And that is what I would have guessed instead of borderline personality disorder. But what, you know, so much for me about the body language was she's trying too hard. She's yeah. just trying too hard to sell her story. She's liars always give too much information. When I would try to lie to my parents as a kid, it was like <laughs> a two page long diatribe. <laughs> she's constantly looking at the jury, right? I mean, she's just selling and selling and yeah. selling. Yeah. And, you know, versus a, a genuine, authentic thing would be, you know, if I was breaking down, I wouldn't be like trying to make eye contact with somebody. I mean, I actually right. looked at the body language of Johnny Depp and felt like it was so much more authentic as somebody yeah. who, who was was who was the the victim um you know the yes. the psychology the psychological game she's been playing on him with her attire said everything to me yes 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 i mean the, one of the ways that you can tell if someone is really feeling what they're talking about is that you feel it too like as a mm-hmm. psychiatrist you sit in the room with somebody with the patient and if they're talking about how miserable they are and depressed and or whatever emotion they have you feel it. You just get, it gets communicated to you if, if, it's, if it's authentic. But with her, I just, I was just feeling nauseous. I did not feel horrified or, or fear or, or um, uh, upset or any of the things. It was just like cardboard. Right. But you know, one of the, there's so much that's interesting about them. One of the things, so first of all, you were saying about the, um, the diagnosis. Um, I actually, I write a column and uh, before the psychologist for either of the psychologists testified, the experts, um, I wrote a column and I diagnosed her as bo- as a mixture of borderline narcissistic and histrionic. And um, mm-hmm. that is still what I think she is. Now, PTSD, first of all, I did not like that second psychologist. Um, she is an expert in this intimate partner violence. And so she sees everybody as having the symptoms of intimate partner violence. And she was treating uh, patients with that. And I think she, she saw Amber more as a patient, more as her patient. She mm-hmm. was an advocate for her yes. rather than um, an expert witness, you know, who's supposed to be objective. Um, and so, uh, I mean, she may, it may turn out that she has some um, traits of, of um, PTSD, but that doesn't mean that they came from Johnny. Right. It could have come from her childhood or some other trauma in her life. Absolutely. We're talking to Carol Lieberman, psychiatrist and famed podcaster. And um, actually, I watched you on Court TV with my man, Vinny Politan. Great interview. Uh, Author of four books, two on terrorism and two on relationships. And yeah, it's interesting about these two different experts, because as I was watching the second gal, I think, was it Hughes versus Curry? So Hughes, I think her name was. As she's recalling, she's talking... It, almost as though in the first person, Dr. Lieberman, like it was happening to her. <laughs> That's a good observation. Um, yes, 
Yes, with a lot of um, a lot of advocacy. Now, the first um, psychologist, Dr. Curry, mm-hmm. she unfortunately, I mean, I agreed with what she was saying, but unfortunately, she now has this shadow over her in regard to her having had dinner and drinks with Johnny and his legal team before she was retained. I mean, that was supposed to be her interview. But the way the other side made it seem, it was like she was having a romantic dinner with Johnny Depp, and therefore she was starstruck and she was going to be on his side. Well, as a, as a, a court, I, by the way, everybody who knows me knows that I'm absolutely obsessed with true crime. I first became obsessed with it when I read the book Fatal Vision about Jeffrey McDonald. I've probably watched okay. every major uh, trial case except O.J., uh, because I was launching my sales career. Um, so I've watched a lot of trials. And as just a court watcher, obsessed person, to me, that didn't mean anything to me. Because, And I would hope the jury, it wouldn't to the jury as well. Because really what I want to know is, who was the aggressor? And who was responding to the aggression? And when I'm listening to those audio tapes, as somebody who's been victimized by a narcissist with who's done the narcissistic rage on me physically, emotionally, mentally, and psychologically, to me, she was the aggressor. I yeah. would. Yeah, am, am I wrong? Absolutely. I mean, she even says that in some of the tapes. And that's another thing. Like. You know, she was setting him up. I don't think she mm-hmm. ever loved him. I no. saw. I, I think she saw him as a step stool. She wants fame. He, you know, being on his arm at all these mm-hmm. Hollywood events and so on. That that raised her status mm-hmm. and and of course the money. And she had him paying for all her friends and and oh, uh, you know, she just used him for that. And um, and then of course, then she when she had the opportunity to go for Elon Musk, why not go for millions to billions? You know, she was just climbing. Well, uh, yeah, I think Elon Musk was was too smart um, to to yeah. you know he threw five hundred thousand dollars her way, you know uh, over to um, the ACLU for her and was like skedaddle, I can do better. So you know, I think that's what happened with Musk. Yeah. To me, that was yeah. when and, and when she um, got busted for lying about how she you know gave half. You know, to me, that's the aggressor. Yeah. That's the narc. The narc is going to lie, right? Even when they don't have to lie. A narc will climb a tree to tell a lie, right, doctor? So she's doing all this media out there. I gave half my divorce to Children's Hospital yeah. of Los Angeles. I gave half to ACLU. She didn't give a dime, Dr. Lieberman. To me, that was when she yeah. lost. Yes, yes. Um, and, you know, Children's Hospital. And then at the beginning, she was trying to say all this volunteer work for mm-hmm. little kids. Oh, give me a break. I mean, maybe she did do that, but then, then she didn't give the money to the hospital. I mean, there are so many. The other thing is, um, you know, I think that uh, one of the things that I'm hoping will come out of this, I mean, besides hoping that Johnny wins, um, I hope that he is going to then become the poster, not child, but the poster person for um, a He Too movement. Yes. I think men need to join, you know, together and make a He Too movement, just like the Me Too movement. Absolutely. And I think that it was extraordinary. He knew that she was going to take the stand and push out nonsense like the um, she had been, you know, raped with a broken bottle. And then she's doing some dance video the next day. I mean, who's buying this? Who, you know, that's it's just complete nonsense. You know, he's got there. He has documented pictures of him going around in public with, you know, a smashed up face. She doesn't have one. There's not one case when she went to a doctor. I mean, if she had been beaten the way that he supposedly had. 
there would be yeah. more records of it, right? Um, I think that it was incredibly brave of him to, to take this into court because, you know, he didn't have to because he all the dirty, right. ugly, nasty is being exposed. Right. And people are right. finally seeing what it can be like for a man in a relationship. And I think that some of these recordings of him using really ugly language as somebody who's been on the receiving end, there are times when you can be pushed to where, and it's by design, where the narc can push you to where you will say something that's ugly. And then they go, see, you're no better than I am. Yes, yes. And, you know, I mean, imagine with this, um, you know, this alleged rape. That was the, she was talking about that today. That was pretty much the height of um, what she, you know, that goes way beyond the bruises on her face, which she covered by makeup that wasn't in existence at the time. Um, Um, but you know, the, I mean, if, if she had had a bottle in her, whether it was a broken bottle or a regular bottle, I mean, can you, that you would go to an OBGYN. Yes. Um, right. Yeah. There are her records of doing that. And why wasn't she, I mean, she's made a comment that there was blood on the floor, um, I mean, there would have been a lot more than like a drop of blood on the floor if he yes. had done something like that. Yes, I and mean, it's, I, I it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it it is crazy, and you know, I don't know how the jury is buying it. Um, I'm relieved that you didn't that you saw through it as I did, and I think a lot of people did. But you never know how a jury is going to react. Um, so we'll have to see. And, and I I'm looking forward to the cross examination by Johnny's attorneys. Yes. That is going to be, everybody has to get a ticket for that. That is going to really be uh, fireworks. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait for that either. They are going to call on all these things. Um, and then I think know, we're going to see the narcissistic rage. I agree with your cluster. Yeah. I agree with your cluster diagnosis. I think then we're going to see, like I'm a doctor, right? <laughs> but I think mm-hmm. we're going to see that narcissistic rage that's always beneath yeah. the surface. I think we're yeah. going to see her struggle to contain it. And I hope they push her to that edge. And I, it, it will be riveting. Dr. Carol Lieberman, I thank you so much for being here tonight. Super fun to talk to you. We'll have to have you back. Tell everybody quickly how they can um, find your your podcast or anything else you want them to see? Well, um, I guess since we're talking about a court case, the best thing to do is to send people to my uh, website that is related to my expert witness work, which is expertwitnessforensicpsychiatrist.com. That's expertwitnessforensicpsychiatrist.com. Carol Lieberman, Dr. Carol Lieberman, thank you. Thank you. All right, now y'all stay tuned. Speaking of buying tickets... There's an event in San Diego you might have been thinking about buying a ticket for, and now you're going to be thinking about not. Stay tuned. We'll tell you that story when we come back. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer, San Diego. AK, Dynamite in a Dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, don't call her fake news. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. It's been three years. Three years since Comic-Con was here in San Diego at the convention center. People have been waiting because this was probably the biggest event in San Diego ever, even over, I think, whenever we had the Super Bowl. So we have been waiting in San Diego. Even if you didn't go to the Comic-Con every year, you knew what a blockbuster uh, it was in terms of revenue for our city and for restaurants and hotels and anybody who worked in the hospitality industry. So everybody's been waiting. And for you the- and I were even excited about maybe doing a showdown. We were thinking about taking the Andrea Kay show down to the convention center because you know what? 
you know, it's not Mardi Gras, but, you know, I like to hang around people dressed up. San Diego off. culture. Yeah, I like to hang around people dressed in weirdo costumes. I mean, you know, I love Mardi Gras, right? And then we find out this. Tell everybody what we found today, Skins. Right before the show, I look up at the monitor and it says, hey, you want to go to San Diego Comic-Con this year? Got to wear a mask and also provide proof of vaccination. And this is really shocking to me because there has not been any other event that I'm aware of here in San Diego. We've had, we've, we've got, I think we've had, didn't we just have Gator by the Bay? I mean, we we had just had Gator by the Bay. I mean, we have events in San Diego all the time here, right? From concerts that are happening, outdoor festival events. um, And a lot of your outdoor festival events starting to do away with requirements. Right. Yeah. I mean, we, this, the, the state of California does not require proof of vaccines for indoor events. No, this is on the people holding the event. It's up to you. Right. And so this is a, a shock to me because I thought I had no idea that the comic book industry, cause I'm not really a comic book gal. Okay. Um, I don't go see the Marvel comic movies. I, you know, mo- you know, I never, I didn't go see star Wars movies. It's that's just not my genre. Okay. Like I said, I like, I like people in weird costumes, but this isn't, it isn't my genre. I'm just find it shocking. I think the idea, I didn't know that to the comic book industry, uh, uh, which I don't know if the organizers of comic con are real, are, for all I know, this is just another woke corporation, right? Who are the organizers of Comic-Con? Who are the people behind this? I mean, this isn't Stan Lee, no, they, right? You, you can't point the finger at Marvel or DC or the people making the comics. The, the, the San Diego Comic-Con organization is separate from that. Right. Do you go to, I, I personally know people that go to Comic-Con every year and every day and take their whole family, which let me tell you is a lot of money. Would you go? 888-344-1170. If you haven't gotten the shot, would you be willing to get the shot if you're a comic book lover? And just if you've so you gotten go- the shot, does this just make you say, you know what? No, I want no part of this. Right. 888-344-1170. For me, I think people are pretty much either they've gotten the shot or, and, you know, they can show proof. Although I don't even know what proof of vaccination means anymore because the vaccines don't mean anything. You can still get it and give it. Um, they're now uh, on fourth shots and boosters. I don't even know what their definition is. Um, many people, though, given uh, the recent um, Pfizer documents was trending today on Twitter, people are becoming more and more aware of the of the truth about these shots, um, about the side effects, the deaths, how they conducted the clinical trials. We reported last night about how pregnant women, um, they, they, the, Pfizer document specifically said that it was not tested and it was not safe for pregnant women. Pregnant women should not get the shots. They said breastfeeding. Um, so I'll say it, in closing here, Andrew, I think they're going to lose a lot of business. Well, I don't know. There may be, I think it, I think that so many at one point in San Diego County, depending on your definition of um, the vast majority of San Diegans were about 3 million um, had gotten the shot. The majority had, now there's non-San Diegans coming as well. So they may be looking at it as though the number of unvaccinated that would come is so small that they get to, I guess, fulfill their ESG scores and stay woke and still make the bank. So we'll see. Disappointment. Yeah. Disappointment. Um, speaking of go woke or go broke, we've got Dave Elhoff will be here after the break to talk about the latest economic news. Stay tuned. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.